1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, May the 19th. We come off a Phillies victory yesterday. How about it? The Phillies bounce back. They lose 3-0 on Tuesday. They win 3-0 yesterday. A true rubber match coming today, a 105 or a day game today for the Phils. As they'll get back at it and try and win a series. And you know, it was so frustrating yesterday talking after that three-nothing loss, coming home after the West Coast trip and just seeing zero from the Phillies offensively, certainly, and defensively in that game. And uh, and how frustrating that was to see them kind of just Go back to being the the team that again has, has scored zero or one runs in nine games this year, quarter of the games almost. And then bounced back last night. Now the bats didn't get rolling or anything, but they did just enough. And and I think the big story of the night, obviously, Zach Wheeler just brilliant. Wheeler looked awesome. You know, any any concerns anyone had about Zach Wheeler, I think we can uh we can put those to rest. You know, Zach Wheeler's back. Zach Wheeler looks awesome. We'll look at uh kind of just some of the the pitching stats later as this this Phillies rotation, man, is um you know, I think we've gotten so carried away in the uh, you know, eighteen and nineteen mediocrity of it all, the you know, disappointing stretch to start this season again, the fact they just won back to back road series for, for the first time back back to back series for the first time this season and how inconsistent the offense has been and and yet despite, you know, being near the top of the league and most uh, important offensive categories, it has still felt somehow like a uh, more disappointment than not from the offense this season, which almost feels impossible to believe when you look at the you know just the 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 pure stats of the what the team is, has produced offensively. But you know, then you hear the stat about nine games with with zero one runs, and it makes more sense because it has been, despite being um, at times an extremely potent offense, they have also at times been. The complete and polar opposite. I mean, the ability to turn it on and turn it off, so to speak, has been um has been alarming at times. But in all that, in all that discussion and all that reaction to to how they've hit, I don't think we've taken enough time to really talk about how fantastic the starting rotation has been this year. And you know, we've had the problems with the bullpen too, and that's overshadowed it. Last night, a nice night for the pen. Alvarado clean inning, how about it? Knable comes in, boom, 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 shuts it down. Nice to see it. Seems like all Knable needs is a little rest, and he's fine. <laughs> he's pretty dominant when he gets a little rest before he pitches. Um, but you know, with that, with the the hit or miss of the offense and the bullpens, certainly recent struggles, particularly, you know, I don't think we've given enough credit to just how awesome the starting pitching has been. We'll dive into all that later. Look through kind of how each guy has been and, and what to project moving forward. But, you know, I said coming into the season, you know if you've listened to this show, I've said throughout the season that I was really confident in the starting rotation. I thought they had a top 10 starting rotation in baseball coming into the year, and and I think it's bearing out. You know, I think they've been really good, and some of the guys haven't even found their footing yet. Like, Ranger is just starting to figure out his footing after a you know, delayed start to spring training and all that stuff. But Wheeler and Nola, man, you know, if you're – Looking at this staff and saying, we're going to go as far as two guys will take us. It's, it's Wheeler and Nola. And they've both been really good. You know, Nola's had his moments, obviously, but I think for the most part, you feel really good about what we've seen from Nola. The stuff has just looked crisper, tighter. And then Wheeler last night, you know, back to being Zach Wheeler, flat out seven shutout innings, nine strikeouts. Like he looked awesome. He was locked in last night. And that's the Wheeler we we fell in love with last year. Really, the Wheeler who's been here since he signed. I mean, you want know, to talk about a, a signing we don't talk enough about. I mean, the Zach Wheeler signing so far is is really turning out to be one of the better ones in Philly's history, legitimately, so far from what they've gotten for the price they've paid. I mean, it is a home run of a signing. I mean, Matt Klintak did a lot wrong, a lot. The vast majority of what he did wrong. He absolutely deserved to be fired. He is, along with Andy McPhail, his big culprit for why the last seven years or whatever of Phillies baseball, six years of Phillies baseball has been as disappointing as it has been. But credit where due, that Zach Wheeler signing was a was a hell of a freaking move. I mean, he has been just more than you could ask for. Again, you know, he should have won the side young last year. He looks back now, um, and he gives you a chance. You know, having Wheeler at the top of the rotation both in the season and and particularly if you can miraculously finally crossed that threshold and become a playoff team, you know, having Zach Wheeler start game one of the World Series, or, whoa, excuse me, sorry, got a little out of myself there. Starting so having Zach Wheeler start game one of a playoff series, um, and, you know, theoretically, but let's not, you know, let's be real here. Um, starting a, a playoff series, you know, gives you a chance in any series, in any first game of a series, and then you go from there, so... Um, I think Zach Wheeler being back is is among the more important developments this team could have had, especially if we're just talking about the coming into the season. The question marks we had, you know, there's no question mark about Zach Wheeler's talent about who he is as a pitcher. The question mark was, you know, oh crap, he's got a shoulder thing, <laughs> not good. You never want to hear a shoulder thing. Oh, he can't start throwing yet. Awesome. Oh, he's not going to pitch any games in spring training. Terrific. Everything's fine. We're fine. It was fine. It turned out I was fine. How about it? You know, it was something that I, I, you know, I was hopeful about. And once we started seeing him pitch, I felt better and better because it didn't seem like there were any workload issues. It just seemed like getting his arm back to where it needed to be issues. But regardless, you know, I don't know how you couldn't have come into this season with at least some level of concern about Zach Wheeler's shoulder. I mean, shoulders and pitchers, it's a, it's a big freaking deal. And you know, and how many times of our lives have we heard, oh, he's got shoulder soreness, or he's got a shoulder issue? And it was a big deal. More often than not, I would say. So, um, you know, seeing Wheeler bounce back, and and not just bounce back, but, but get back to where he looked last night and, you know, kind of worked the shoulder into the point where, you know, I think, again, no worries. I feel great about Zach Wheeler, and, and that is just a massive, massive, massive thing for this team. You know, as far as Wheeler goes is as far as the starting rotation goes. You know, he is the ace of the staff, one of the better pitchers in baseball. And, um, again, for the Phillies to have a real chance this year, they really need him to be awesome. And, uh, last night he was, again, seven innings, four hits, no walks, no runs, nine strikeouts. I mean, that'll play every single time. That'll play every single time. Zach Wheeler just dominant last night. And the Phillies get just enough offense going to, uh, to support him, JT gets him on the board with an RBI single in the first. Nice to see. It was only a hit of the night, but nice to see JT get a little something going. It's obviously, JT has really, really struggled as of late. The OBP just over 300 now at 301, um, so not great. Nice RBI hit for, for JT in the first. Then in the third, Reeves just cranks one. Reeves just got a hold of it. One of those right off the bat. You knew it was gone. A nice night for Reeves. He goes... One for three with a walk with two runs scored and had that homer as well. A really nice night for Hoskins. Makes it 2 nothing in the fourth. Oduba would add a RBI double-scoring Schwarber. Schwarber one for two with a walk last night. So, um, you know, nice to see him start to uh, at least potentially feel a little more comfortable at the plate. That was good to see. Um, and outside of that, you know, they just they just got the job done. Not a lot of offense, only five hits. Hoskins with the big hit. But, you know, when Wheeler's dealing that way, it's, It'll get it done, you know. And the b- bobbers didn't do it. I mean, Cassiano's so for 3. Uh, Bowman, the 2 0 for 4. Segura batting cleanup last night, batting 0 for 4. Um, so, you know, they got some timely hits. They did what they needed to do. Alvarado, a clean eighth inning, which was, you know, Alvarado coming into a 3 nothing game in the eighth inning there. I was cursing Joe Girardi in the moment, and Alvarado was perfect. A clean inning, two strikeouts, and then Knable looked great in the ninth. Knable, four pitches to get through the ninth inning. Four. He threw four pitches. Three outs on four pitches. Yes, sir. That'll play. I like it. That'll work. Let's do that more often. It was another quick game, too. I mean, both of these games with the Padres have been like two hours and 40, two hours and 45 minutes. I mean, yes, please. As much of that as possible. Give me more of those type of games. It really has been um, delightful. I mean, Phillies game's ending before 10 o'clock at night? What is that? It's just... A beautiful thing, my friends. It really is. Um, You know, and look, you only get them on the, usually the low scoring ones, but, you know, they're nice. Nice to to mix in a quick one. But ultimately, again, also a really big win. You know, it really was. Let's not lose sight of the fact that this Phillies team, as we talked about yesterday, we we were on the show and we're reacting to a, you know, no show after the West Coast trip and an off day at home. and, and, And they really needed to bounce back yesterday, and today is a big one. You have a chance to win the series. Three straight series wins, right, against the Mariners, Dodgers, and Padres. Phillies like we'll would be back at five hundred if they can win today. It's a big one. We'll get to the matchup later. You know, definitely a pitching advantage for the, the Padres today, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, if they can win this series, all of a sudden, I think people will start to get a little more excited. You Because know, then they'll be 19-19. and Dodgers coming to town. I mean, just won three series in a row. Start to move forward, and again, if they could really win some series in this gauntlet of of baseball that they have coming up, that we've talked about so much over the last few weeks, the, you know, just killer schedule on tap with the Dodgers and the Mets and the Braves and the Angels and the Brewers. I mean, just so many, the Giants, just a bunch of good, good, good baseball teams. All the best teams in baseball are, are on the Philly schedule over the next two weeks uh, still, so... Um, it is a it's a really big spot for them to to try and take this series. I think this is one. It's a winnable series at home. And again, you you know with that schedule coming up, I do think it does you know fair or not increase the pressure in these games. Maybe if the Phillies don't feel it, we as fans looking from the outside can feel it and see it. You know we could see that you know they really do need to find ways to to win games during this stretch because you know you don't want to fall too far out. You know if the Mets have been. Winning games, the Mets continue to play good baseball. Mets are twenty-five and fourteen. They're still six games up on the Phillies, you know. So, um, Phillies in second place. The Marlins in third. They're a game back of the Phillies. The Braves are a game and a half back of the Phillies. Seven and seven half back of the Mets, respectively. But you know, it's it's you got to win games. And the Dodgers have not lost since the Phillies left town. They're twenty-five and twelve now. As they'll come to town tomorrow for a, a a three gamer. Uh, over the weekend, um, again, 25 and 12. They've won five straight games, the Dodgers. So the Dodgers lose the three to the Phillies, five straight. Yeah. So they win the Sunday one, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I guess four straight, excuse me, still. Um, oh, no, they had a doubleheader in there. So yes, they have won five straight, excuse me, five straight, five straight wins to the Dodgers since playing the Phillies, or it's the last one counting the Phillies. But still, you know, that they're 25 and 12. So, know, that little blip on the Dodgers schedule there where they lost a series to the Padres, or excuse me, the series to the Pirates, and then lose that series to the Phillies. They've clearly righted the ship. And again, 25 and 12. So that's a serious team coming to town. Then like the Brewers are 24 and 14. They're coming to town. The Giants are 22 and 15. They're coming to town. The Angels are 24 and 16. They're coming to town. Or we're going there. You know what I mean? Um, Not Angels, but you know, some of them are here, some of them are there. But actually the Giants and the Angels are both here and the Brewers are here. Um, so it's going to be a um it, you know it's 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 serious. It's a serious schedule coming up and you got to try and take advantage of some of these games, try and win some They are in Milwaukee for that one, excuse me. So the Giants and Angels are here. they're in Milwaukee in Atlanta, in New York, against the Mets. So there's a big series this weekend coming up too, but you know you got to take the series today. You have an opportunity to to snatch a series out from under the Padres, especially after you know no showing game one and with the 25 and 12 Dodgers coming to town tomorrow. It's an important one. It really is. You know, I feel I feel some pressure tonight. You know, I wouldn't say it's a must-win game in May. I think that would be, I don't know, silly to say, but it's certainly a game uh, you really want to see him win, and you want to see him take this series. Um, all right, we'll we'll look ahead to today's game in a few. A uh, couple things first. We'll talk about Harper in a second. Another update yesterday, but um, quickly, I wanted to just look at the starting rotation because we had talked about kind of how how good they've been and. Um, how it have not really gotten the the credit they do um nola you know Nola's 1 and 4 on the season a perfect example of why wins and losses are not a great set for pitchers but um nola has been great and you know, when you look at the numbers aaron nola in 47 innings has 55 strikeouts and nine walks 55 to 9 in 47 innings so he is over a strikeout running and then the 55 to 9 i mean that is you know, over five to one strikeout to walk ratio—that is definitively elite in that category. He's been really, really good. Wheeler after last night, he already down to three four nine. Wheeler with forty-one strikeouts in thirty-eight innings, only ten walks, four to one strikeout to walk rate. No, that is phenomenal for your top two guys in your rotation. Really, truly outstanding. Kyle Gibson, um, I think the numbers would have looked a lot better before that disastrous outing in L.A. Uh, Gibby on the hill today, but Gibby's still at 4-1-0. You know, that's that's passable. It's acceptable, and it was under four before that game. Um, you know, Gibby with 30 strikeouts, and 37 innings. You don't see that from Gibby too often. Under a uh, straight of nine, but still has been better in that perspective. Ranger finally putting together. Rangers 4-1 on the season. Uh 7 ERA for Ranger. Um, strikeouts a little low, 28 and 36 innings, 13 walks, a little more walks than normal, you know, Ranger really, the control has been so good last year. So we'll see if he can kind of write that. And then Eflin has only made six starts, but Eflin, uh, also rocking a three-nine-zero ERA in those six starts, um, as he has had 23 strikeouts in 30 innings, uh, 23 to five though, you know, so another really strong, you know, over four to one strikeout to walk ratio. Those are that's the kind of thing you want to see when you're looking at these pitching numbers. You know, how how often these guys straighten guys out after they walk in them and then what's happening otherwise. And, um, you know, I think you look down the rotation. First of all, all four guys have ERAs under three. Uh, excuse me. Three of the four guys have ERA, Or Excuse me. Four of the five guys have ERAs under four with Gibby just over it. Um, and if you look at some of the advanced stats, some of the numbers are even better for some of these guys, Um, at least all except Ranger. Um, so, you know, I think you feel great about this starting rotation i think these five guys can can compete you know i think it's a a rotation you can win with you know i think this is a playoff caliber rotation i really do i really think that that you know obviously the the concern that you have with this rotation is the depth is you know once you get past these five guys what's there that's a real concern a fair concern i mean you know, you can't have Christopher Sanchez starting a bunch of games this year. You can't have you know too many. Look, I like Bailey Falter. I think Falter in that spot as a pinch, give me four or five as a pseudo opener type guy is is actually pretty good. You know, I like Bailey Falter. I think he's a solid pitcher who, who you know, I'm I'm optimistic about as a contributor to this team. So I do think that um, you know, and obviously he's gone back and forth between the minors and stuff when he's needed. As that kind of guy, and I do like him in that spot, um, but you know, it's still if if one of these guys goes down for an extended period of time of, at all, I mean, then then you're you're concerned because they don't have the depth past it. Where a lot of these other teams can just bring up guys in the minors, or you know, the Dodgers have so many guys, the Mets, I mean, Jacob Degrom's out, and they still have five starters. Like, yeah, we're good, <laughs> no problem. You know, so that is that is that is the concern. If we're talking about the starting pitching, it's the depth of the starting pitching. But I think if these five guys can stay reasonably healthy this season. I think this rotation will be a reason the Phillies are better, not worse at the end of the season. And I think if they make the playoffs, we'll look back and say, man, that starting rotation was awesome. And they, they really helped get them there. And obviously the bullpen, a different issue as, you know, when you look at the guys in the bullpen, they're, you know, outside of Canable, And again, Kniebel's had some high-profile explosions, but I, I trust Canable, Sir Anthony. And like, after that, it's a lot of question marks. You know, Nick Nelson's been awesome. I really like Nick Nelson. I've come to trust him quite a bit when he's in games um, but you know I don't feel amazing I'm not like locked down uh, Brad Hand is one of those guys we look at the number a little deceiving at 180 ERA but he's also I think allowed 6 of 14 in there to run score 8 of 14 something like that a, a a large number larger than it should be so he's been okay I still don't trust him so I think bullpen wise you know if we're talking pitching that's, that's the area where you're know they gonna have to supplement probably as the season goes on maybe add a guy whatever or have some guys step up, but you know when it comes to the Bellatis, the Norwood's all these guys like sometimes they look good, particularly Norwood. Sometimes he looks really, really bad. Um, you know, and obviously like Alvarado and and Familiar are like the two kings of you can look really good or really bad. And you know Alvarado prior to last night it was mostly bad, um, but last night looked great. So, um, so yeah, I think the bullpen's going to be the more of the question mark as you know we're used to, right? We're Phillies fans. That's what we do is. Deal with the bullpen, um, uh, but uh, but that'll be the one to kind of follow. I, I do think this orientation is good, and I think you can count on him. So, you know, that's that's a real positive for this team moving forward. All right, before we look ahead to today, two quick things Mickey Moniak on the comeback trail. Um, be nice to get Moniak back. You know, I think that, um, you when you look at where this team's been at from a production in center field standpoint, it's been horrendous. You know, Roman Quinn when he has played, is batting 120 with 154 OBP. Odubo Herrera is batting 263. That's good. But he's got a 283 OBP, 283. And he's also a, just an idiot out there and, and makes so many stupid decisions, stupid plays. Um, he is a bad fielder. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons to not like Odubo out in center field. Um, so, you know, you, you get money back. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully the injury did not sap the power that we saw in the spring, the significant strides forward, it seemed like Mickey had made. And if they get a real center fielder, I mean, I think, you know, I think he can handle it defensively if he can come back offensively. And, you know, back to where he was. And again, in spring training, look, Bryson stopped at what, 400 in spring training and you can't hit at all in the majors right now. So, grain of salt with spring training as always. But, you know, nice to get Mickey back and at least feel like maybe there's an answer there. Because if not, like if Mickey can't do it, and I, I'm hopeful about Mickey, but if he can't, you know, then you're, you're really getting into a spot where you have to start to say, "Oh, maybe we need to uh, go make a trade." <laughs> like seriously, that's that's the the situation they are in, you know. Um, but we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, I I don't I don't think that um, it's necessarily something that will sink the team obviously but it's certainly a a question mark you know we just talked about the bullpen and and that being a question mark i think you look at center field and say that's one of the biggest question marks on team especially with reese hoskins leading off obviously no prototypical leadoff hitter here you know that is an interesting one you know are there center fielders out there coming and play great center field and lead off for you i think that's something the phillies might have to look into if mickey doesn't get it going so it's going to be interesting all right um the other thing before we look at to today's game uh bryce harper uh some more you know not surprising, but somewhat disappointing news. It will now be six weeks uh, before Harper throws a baseball. I said last night, I still stand by my statement that, you know, if I were a betting man, I would bet on him not playing the field again this year. Maybe he will. If it happens, I think it'll be August, September. Um, But I'm not optimistic about it. Um, The PRP is still sore. We don't know if he'll be in the lineup today. The way they talked, I would guess tomorrow and not today. We'll see. Really could use him back. Again, I will go to what I said yesterday that, you need the PRP, obviously, six weeks until you get throw. Now with the PRP, you know, it's – you need to get it done, I get that. But, man, was that dude locked in. And I just don't love the idea of of taking him out of that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, either way, you know, you just hoping to get Harper back soon. We are every day saying, thank you, Lord, for finally bringing the National League the designated hitter. I, it is – you know, we've talked about it. But it is really astounding to think about that, you know, before he had the PRP injection, we were looking at MVP Bryce Harper. He was the best player in baseball for a week and a half. Really starting to lock in the OPS right next to 1,000 again. You know, it's like he's back. Bryce. Bryce. Um, and to think that if it weren't for the DH, we wouldn't have any of it. You know, he wouldn't have been playing for a month. You know, he wouldn't have been playing since April 16th or whatever. Um, and likely would be out for the season. You know, they might just get him Tommy John. Who knows? Like, I don't know how they would play it out, but... Without the DH, it's a whole separate discussion. It's a whole separate world. Bryce Harper is not a part of this baseball team, and we have probably very little hope right now. So thank God for the DH. Thank you. It's unbelievable that the first year, it is pretty wild that the first year the DH in the National League, other than the 2020 year where they did it for the the shortened season, the first ever year that such a, and the Phillies, a team that built their team around the DH, you know, with these Castellanos and Trevor signing and saying all right one of these two guys will be our DH, you know, and we'll we'll get by with a bad fielder. And that that, you know, that they built their team around it and that those guys wouldn't end up DHing at all, but instead it would end up saving Bryce Harper's season. Really a truly um a truly stunning turn of events. And again, we're very, 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 very lucky. Very, very lucky that the designated hitter made its way to the National League. So big win on that one. All right, big one today. As uh, you know, pitching matchup certainly favoring the Padres, you darvish against Kyle Gibson. Um obviously we were just talking about Gibby. Gibby has been good for the most part. You know, he had that bad start in Miami, um, or not the mediocre start, like four, three runs, four and two thirds, whatever, and then was just crushed in Los Angeles against Dodgers, six runs and whatever, three innings, two and a third, two and two thirds, whatever it was. Um, but he was horrible, three and two thirds, something like that. Um, horrible. Um, let's see if he can bounce back because he's been good otherwise. You know, it's been. I think you've gotten more out of Gibby than you expected this year, and that's a good thing. Uh, Darvish has not been great yet this year. Darvish, uh, thirty-two strikeouts in thirty-nine innings. Um, he's given up twenty earned runs in thirty-nine innings, a four-six-two area on the season. So you know the whip is one-one-eight. That's pretty good. Um, it's not great, but it's solid. But the four-six-two area, so Darvish has been a little more hittable. This season. So while it is an advantage for them over, over Gibby, Gibby's technically been better from a numbers perspective this year. So go make it happen today. Gibby, a bounce back performance. Again, either way, a big game. You know, you'd really like to see the Phillies bounce back after that Tuesday performance and win this series. And they have a chance to do it today, so it's a big one. Uh, either way, whatever happens, we'll react tomorrow as we head into a weekend with the Los Angeles Dodgers coming to town. So we'll break all that down as well. So until tomorrow, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here